Hello, 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 and welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 168. Happy New Year, Saudia Kabea. Happy New Year, Johnny. How are we? How's 2024 kicked off? What are we, day four now, but uh, kicked off well? Yeah. Yeah, back at club, um, went back at training, had some leadership stuff with England, which was fun. Um, and I've got nothing for uni because um, it's exam season. So, yeah, it's pretty chill. Tell us more about the uh, the leadership stuff with the, with the Red Roses. That uh, immediately springs out in that answer. Uh, yeah, so there's a new leadership group um, in camp. It's been going since pre-season um but we just had a like a workshop yesterday um with that group you know focusing on like leadership skills and stuff we want to bring into six nations tournament um and going forward now you're a person who keeps their, their feet firmly on the ground but nice to be involved in things like that isn't it yeah no it was definitely a, a surprise when i saw my name out there <laughs> being in that but no it's really nice and i think it can only um kind of help grow my game a little bit so can you tell us who else is on that list? Um, I think I can. You might have you might have to check this with bloody what's his name, our media guy after. But um, uh, <laughs> you're well acquainted. Um, but Sarah Byrne, Zoe Allcroft, Marley Packer, Lark Davies, Meg Jones, Helena Rowland, and me. Nice, nice. I did. Yeah, there's some, some, possibly some slight surprises in there. But um, look, this is a, a, an England coaching group that, that know you incredibly well, uh, playing alongside you um, for club and for country. Um, so yes, I know Sarah Hudson knows you incredibly well. So yeah, huge congratulations on that. Well, that's a huge, exciting. Um, perhaps you can lead us. For your festive period celebrations, uh, have you still got turkey left over? You know, <laughs> turkey. Do what games do you play? How many crackers did you pull? Come on, we want a full rundown of the Saudi Kabir Christmas celebrations. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I spend Christmas at my auntie's house every year, so I went down on Christmas Eve straight from Loughborough to Guildford. Um, no turkey left over actually, which is very unusual for my family. Usually there's loads left over, but um, this year they got the the measurements to a T, which I wasn't very happy with, actually, because I wanted to go for seconds and thirds, but it was only enough, probably, for a big first plate, but it was still delicious. Um, there was 10 of us, yeah, 10 of us there. My, it's my immediate family, and then my cousins and aunties and uncle. Um, so, yeah, we did a bit of Christmas games after, and then we go over to my... Um, auntie's neighbor's house have some celebrations and drinks and games there we got other game um uh oh what is it called now it's it's a it's a word association game you might not articulate no um oh, code names code names paid it for no yes well it's it's a game where when you've had a couple of drinks it gets very rowdy <laughs> Not for me, but to watch. It's very you can get very rowdy because basically, it's basically a game of you basically mind reading. So there's loads of cards down on the table, and whoever's in your team, one person in the team has to give you one word, 
um, that's associated with some of the cards on the table. So, for example, on the table there's beach, shell, and sea. And my teammate might say holiday, and I have to guess, she'll say holiday three. So I have to guess which three cards on the table associate with holiday. But some people can go very outside of the box with the game. So <laughs> I remember one time I played it with Maud in camp. And I don't know, it was probably like there was beans and um, a cat. And Maud said tail. Um, so I said, oh, tail, cat has a tail. No idea what else. She said tail too. I had no idea what else was on the table. Anyway, the other team won, and she was like, guys, that's a tale, fairy tale, Jack and the Beanstalk, beans. Oh. I was like, oh, that's a bit too out of the box for me, Maud. <laughs> so you have to know your other part of them very well and also know how they think. Um, so that was our main game on Christmas, um, Christmas, and then Christmas Eve, Boxing, Boxing Day, went back home, down to London, and was chilling, chilling there. Oh, brilliant. I must, if I ever get the chance to play board games with more Muir, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just slide that under the bucket list for 2024. <laughs> Board games are more mature. I tell you, I always I would very much, much like to go to Hannah Bosman's uh, house when she's cooking. She, oh, a beef Wellington. Yeah, that looks, it looks lovely. <laughs> oh, my word. See, so, yeah, Hannah, very, very, very open to uh, offers to have, come and have a slice of your beef Wellington anytime you like. Uh, oh, it sounds, sounds great. But we were just a minute, which again got very rowdy. I was the kind of judge in the middle where you've got to speak for 60 seconds uh, on a topic. Everybody thought that uh, it'd be a bit unfair if I played, considering that's what my kind of job is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure on that. But uh, yeah, I was the, uh, the adjudicator. My word. It, Boy, oh boy, did it get uh, get heated on the on the hesitation shouts and all the rest of it. <laughs> um, but but great fun. Um, like you, great to get together as uh, as families and what have you. Um, it was kind of forced into it at Christmas, aren't we? Because um, we probably don't do it enough during the year, or certainly we don't. Um, but it's absolutely lovely when it uh, everybody comes together, and, and that's the yeah, that's the magic of Christmas, isn't it? Um, the magic of uh, WRP. One six eight is Natalia John. Got Natalia John, the uh, Welsh international, coming on. Um, she's been playing in this Celtic Cup, which kicked off over the weekend. Bit of history um, across those countries in the second edition of this uh, Celtic Cup going on. A couple of rounds of the PWR to look back on here in England, um, which of course you're involved with, Sadia, uh, including some big statement results um, and the big game at Twickenham, Harlequins against Gloucester Hartbury, and of course all the rest of the news from around the world. But let's start with that uh, Celtic Cup. As I said, the second edition of it, the competition run by the unions from Wales, Scotland and Ireland in conjunction with World Rugby got underway at the weekend. Over in Ireland, Musgrave Park, the Wolfhounds beat the Clovers 21 points to 15 in scotland the hive stadium to be exact 2000 watching uh it was 28 12 between edinburgh and glasgow first time we've ever seen these women's sides uh coming together edinburgh and glasgow um you know the uh, edinburgh coach claire crookshank saying really really emotional on the morning of, of, of the game um possibly added to a little bit of a scrappy start but it's a freezing condition up there but uh same for these welsh sides um, 
Brighton Thunder got a lightning battle it out at Rodney Parade, ending five points to 22 lightning. And that's going to be the first question, isn't it? How to pronounce these team names? Natalia <laughs> John. Here is the Welsh second row, Natalia. Natalia John, a very, very good morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, how are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just grateful to be back playing rugby after nearly a year out. So just happy to be getting back to it. Yeah, we will get into all the sort of details and, and the, the these teams coming together and your sort of personal journey into the, the Celtic Cup and what have you and looking forward a little bit as well. But first of all, please, how do you pronounce the Welsh team names, please? So you've got Brithon Thunder and Gwalia Lightning. Brithon. Brithon, yeah. It's kind of like an old name for like the Welsh language. Like we used to be the oh, Brithonians okay. with like the people. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, like Gwalia is an old name for Wales. Is it? I thought it was some sort of spirit, some kind of fairy. Have I been led up the garden um, path I mean, with that? It may be. I think the thing is with Welsh, like you can interpret a lot of things differently. But to me, Gwalia is like what Wales used to be called. Certainly makes uh, sense, doesn't it? Uh, well, look, um, enough of um, all of that. Thank you very much. Um, now I know. Um, as you say, a, a year out. Did you ever think uh, the, the the weekend would would, would come? And, and just how brilliant was it to to get yourself back out there and something you love doing? Yeah, you know, it's been a really tough like couple of months for me personally, and like you know, you know, dealing with loss and like three injuries back to back, like it was really hard. And like I was so worried coming back on Monday, like am I going to be the same person? Am I going to be the same player? Like what am I going to bring now? But you know, thinking back, if I could last the full eighty you know, after not playing for so long and actually holding up, all right, I'm quite proud of myself. You know, you don't really see, you know, when all the girls go away and you don't get to go with them and um, when you're injured, you don't really see all the hard work that all the injured girls do behind the scenes. You know, I was in up at the Vale every day from like eight o'clock in the morning training till about two o'clock on my own half of the time. But um, yeah, I'm kind of glad that it's come full, full circle now and I'm just back out there on the pitch. Calf, yeah, you missed WXV1, didn't you? Um, shoulder and what have you. Um, yeah, great to see, great to see you you're back out there. How, how did you, how did you find the uh, the game? Uh, what what minute within the first ten were your were your lungs giving up? <laughs> I don't even think it took a minute. I think it was like thirty seconds. Um, no, like you know, maybe the, the I think the first half definitely didn't go Brithon's way, definitely, and I think. You know, the one advantage that the, that Gwalia had is that they did have a game, you know, like kind of a pre-season game and we hadn't had that chance yet. So it was really interesting, especially for the young girls, because it would have been their first experience of a game at that sort of level. And it's so important that they had that. And we've kind of, you know, felt like, because it's like we always say like real versus feel, like we can talk about it all the time, but unless they felt it, like they're not going to know. So it was a really good experience for them, really, to kind of realise that, you know, it, it is tough and there is going to have to be a step up for the next game. So many questions for, for, for me coming coming out of it. It's it a little bit of history uh, across the board, isn't it? The, these teams coming together. First women's teams were Edinburgh, Glasgow, and uh, and you guys coming together as sort of almost regionalised. But you, do you get that sense of, of history uh, in, in the build-up to this? Has that been a big part of 
sort of yeah this is the opportunity to to, to take a, a another level and, and be part of a, a historic competition yeah definitely and I think that's one thing that I've been really excited about like I've played a lot of my rugby in England and I am grateful because the setup over there is incredible but with the year that I've had personally with losing my nephew I didn't want to be traveling two hours three hours to go to training so I was quite grateful that there was something being set up in Wales and especially for these younger girls who have just been playing at uni and then you know when they have come into the Welsh setup unless they've done under 20s it was completely new to them and it really did blow them out of the water because it was such a massive step so and we kept talking about it throughout the week you know this is history but for me it's like the start of something it's building something that so we maybe in a couple of years time could have a league that could rival England's and that there are more opportunities for Welsh girls to grow in a top flight league yeah long has uh yeah and some some very vociferous voices out there saying that the the pathway for for Welsh women um yeah has has been fairly non-existent that is beginning to to come back from from an outsider's point of view i just just wonder how how important a step this is because there's players there's there's seasoned test players getting some some game time ahead of, ahead of six nations there's under 20s guys going to that next level there's some brand new faces university players um just how crucial is it for for this development now that uh, this new path should we say that uh welsh women are under you know it's been a long time it's been a long time coming and i think we've been crying out for it for a couple of years because i think there's only so far that professional contracts are gonna go because we need to know like what is pushing us what is the next level because a lot of the girls, so I only started playing when I was 18 and I only played high level rugby when I was, you know, 22, you know, when I first got called into the Welsh squad and I was playing for the Ospreys at that time. And that was my sort of first exposure. But for a lot of these girls now with these opportunities, they're getting this exposure a lot earlier. So hopefully when they do reach my age, and even though I'm talking like I'm 32, I'm only, well, I say 32 is bad, but I'm 27. Um, when they reach my age, they're going to be 10 times be- like better players than I ever would have been. So it's just really good that they can even with like the girls that aren't playing like just being around that environment you know us pushing the standards and going this is how we gym this is how we train this is how we recover and like bringing them with us when they then go back to club or uni they're going to take those standards back with them and hopefully elevate those around them as well I just wanted to ask how has it been obviously as a squad you know being able to gel you know a lot of new people coming in and for yourself have you naturally like fallen into a leadership role obviously being a bit more experienced than all the other girls coming in um how has that been for you as well I think um you know coming back from injury I was a bit worried like you know about myself and like my performance but I have been able to take on a bit of like a leadership role and like doing that kind of like re-solidified that I do know my stuff and that I can perform at like a high level so it was it was nice to kind of see it from the other side that these young girls are looking up to me and asking me a lot of questions and I'm there going oh yeah I think I do remember how to do this this is this is how it should be done you know it was it's really good as well because there's such like a good group of young girls that want to learn and I think that could be half the battle sometimes like when you go into a new squad you'll always have a handful of people that you know are just there because they want to say that they're there rather than they're working hard but you know, all of the girls want to work really hard. I found we've gelled really well. They all want to listen. They all want to learn. And I think that's half the battle sometimes. And knowing that when we're going into the next game now, like I'm, like, I'm completely confident in the fact that these girls are going to take a step up because they've felt that level now. They've realised, you know, what it takes. And, like, hopefully they will push a bit harder in training this week. Class is permanent, Talia. So uh, no no worries about uh, forgetting any of your, your, your rugby knowledge. Um, 
Well, give us give us a little insight to some of the players in and around you, possibly some of the names that we we may not know quite so well that that, that have stood up thus far for you, on and off the park. So I think for me at the minute, especially like where props are concerned, is we always need more of them. And we have these uh, two twins, Rosie and Katie Carr, both front row and hooker partnership. And, you know, they've really, really stood up. And I've spent some time with Rosie when she came into the Welsh setup, coming from under 20s. And, you know, she really stood out like that. You know, and I was like, this, these girls have got something. So those two, I think definitely um, ones to watch for the future and we've got a couple of young uh, back brewers Finn as well you know she really like was working so hard I think multiple times on Monday she turned around to me and was just like do I need to do more what do I do and I was just like just keep doing what you're doing you know and I think that's the really positive things we, like these girls have had those experiences now yeah just you just get a sense um yeah being, being involved in the game that the amount of players isn't the problem um, it, it's how to, to create the funnel to to get to that very, very top level. Um, about the game then, really horrible conditions. Um, You're telling me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 20 points of fires, you, you, you went down. Weird uh, at that level playing against some, some, some faces, you know, particularly who are helped. Yeah, um, I mean, like playing against Gwen Clean, I thought she had an absolutely awesome game at eight and also Bryony, you know, she captained the side and it was nice to see her, you know, get that exposure and get that game time. So I know that she's missing that from Bristol, even though she is a part of that setup. So, you know, it's like, I hate losing. I can't even play Monopoly in my house. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're not like, good at code names then. <laughs> no, absolutely terrible. Um, but, it's like the first half, I think, for a lot of the, like, especially a lot of our young girls, it was a bit of a shock, you know, a bit of a wide-eyed thing. And that's where they took um, the advantage. You know, Nell Metcalf, I thought she had an absolutely awesome game, like kicking us, really pinning us back in our 22 and forcing us to make, you know, some tough decisions. So, you know, it's really good that these girls are getting the exposure. But I think the second half was a lot better. You know, how it was, you know, it was a scoreless second half. It kind of proved yeah. them that, you know, the girls do have what it takes. It just kind of will take a bit of time for things to gel together properly, I guess. How, when do you get together? So we get together at the minute, like twice a week on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. Um, obviously not this week because it's been a bit jumbled and it's quite a short turnaround. But, um, you know, we're in tonight. We'll be together tomorrow for travel and then play on Saturday. So <laughs> quite a tight turnaround. <laughs> Some of these players, you know, this isn't you know, a contracted contract you think that again must be really really difficult to to juggle that kind of stuff right um, I mean definitely I've had that experience you know I was a teacher you know trying to play high level rugby and I used to finish work at half three and then travel straight up to Bristol and I wouldn't be getting home until like half 11 and then I'd be back training the next day so it's not like I can't I do agree that like some girls are like do find it hard but it's how much do you want it um because a lot of us have had to fight to get this far and it kind of makes or breaks you. And, you know, I, I do sympathise that they, you know, they've been working all day, but in my head I'm going, I used to do it. You know, you've just, you've just, you've just got to push and, you know, I'll be there for them and I'll help them. But at some point something's got to give, you know. As you say, um, yeah, um, the fixtures coming thick and fast. Um, Edinburgh hosts the Wolfhounds at Hive Stadium. Breathe on thunder. 
Brithon. I was quite close. Brithon. <laughs> Brithon. <laughs> oh, come on. Get well shot, Johnny, isn't it? Brithon. Brithon Thunder. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, go to the Clovers uh, Energy Park. Uh, you played there before. Uh, and then Sunder Gualia. Gualia. Like then, host uh, Glasgow at Cardiff Arms Park. And it's all streamed on Rugby Parish TV. Um, yes. I went a bit Irish there, Johnny. That wasn't well. well. I just thought I'd do, I just thought I'd do <laughs> three. And I wasn't going to back it up with a bit of Scottish just so that nobody felt left out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but if you if you if you're a rain, do go to these grains, right? Don't watch on the television. Get yourself down to the grains to watch these potential stars, right? There you are, all three Celtic nations ticked off. Um, less impressions, less silly voices in the WRP, Johnny. That's uh, that was your commitment ahead of 2024, so that's going well. Um, yeah, look, uh, up, up against the <laughs> up against the the the, the clothes yeah, you're going this weekend. Dorothy Wall, Lisa Hughes, play, players like this. Um, again, another great experience to, to, to get over to, to Ireland, not just in the red and green, as it were. Yeah, I think it's like, it's, it's class. And hopefully, you know, this league continues to go further and we can do home and away and it becomes, you know, a bit more of a roundier thing. But especially like girls getting experience of the travel, of the feeling of like preparing for game day and those sort of things that, you know, like in the men's game, they get exposed to it a fair bit traveling with their professional side so it's really good experience for these girls to get and also being like playing away from home like far from home for some of these girls and they might not have traveled this far to play before so it's really important that they kind of get this exposure and like we just keep saying like you've got to enjoy it you've got to enjoy every single minute because you never know what's going to happen next like that sounds bad doesn't it but uh, like just enjoy every minute of it and it'll be really good to see how some of these girls go on the weekend do you have a chance to to watch the uh, sort of Irish head to head? Who's done done some analysis on the clothes and wolf? I I have spent a lot of my day yesterday looking over lineups and scrums as you do as a second row, and you know, like like I think all of the you can see it in all of the games, especially in this league at the minute. Is like we're all kind of like feeling each other out and testing, you know, like oh how how can we push this? How can I do? And for a lot of these girls, they might not have played at this level before, so they are trying wild and crazy things but I think that's the best thing about it is that we can like just go for it like no pressure like obviously the maybe a trophy at the end but you know just to enjoy the experience I think is the most important thing wise wise words just, just finally we've taken far too much of your time but I'm thoroughly enjoying our, our conversation uh, just just on a, on a very personal level as you say great to be back um some hurdles along the uh, along the way What's what's the next three, six, twelve, dare we say even eighteen months aspirations at a, at a time of the year when we all make wild aspirations? I think, you know, I've kind of taken a massive step back and realised like why do I do what I do? You know, what do I want? And it is to love what I do and I love playing rugby and I just I want to have, like be playing rugby with a smile on my face again. And like the goal for me would be back being back in a Welsh jersey and performing in it and, you know, taking that jersey back as it works. It belongs to no one, but you can borrow it for a short while. So I definitely want to be back in the Welsh jersey. That's the goal. Brilliant. Uh, as soon as there's six nations, that's the goal, right? Oh, yeah. Well, if we have any friendlies, maybe a bit sooner. Who knows? But yeah, I think... That first game against Scotland in Cardiff Arms Park is going to be massive. So I'm, I would love to be a part of that. 
and, and are those conversations with management what have you ongoing all the time yeah I think like what's good about you know a good coach always checks in no matter where you are and like Johan you know has been quite good at checking in see how I'm going like and also saying like well done when it's deserved because it's it's been really hard just training on my own a lot of the time um so yeah we're always checking in always seeing positive they're always giving me things to work on so I've just got to keep ticking the boxes brilliant great stuff well look yeah six nations no I have no doubt um, that we will we, we will see you back in the uh, in the red of, of Wales, and we'll be we'll be de- delighted as a rugby community to to see you back doing your thing. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been a, a real pleasure to speak to you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm Fiona Coughlin. You're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, wasn't she great value? Yeah, she's very good. Very good. And come back from those those, those injuries, which uh, yeah, so I, I knew about um, others. Uh, I didn't, but um, all sounds really really positive, doesn't it? Um, and her outlook on um, rugby and what have you, she's going to be back in there, isn't she? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon she'll be back very soon. When in that red jersey, yeah, that second row partnership with uh, with with Greg Crab, who yeah continues to make her way back from. From injury as well, um, yeah, they, they they miss those specialised second rows for me in in, in WXV one. George Evans will, will give you a thousand percent every single time she she puts a uh, laces up a pair of boots. Um, uh, but uh, yes, specialist second rows in that line out department, what have you, um, and and a leader as well, and speaks so well there. Bring on those those youngsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, the uh, the fixes will just go through them um, in a normal voice this time. Uh, this Saturday, uh, the competition goes cross-border. Edinburgh hosts the Wolfhounds at the Hive Stadium, 2 o'clock. Breton Thunder. Go to the Clovers, Energy Park, 2.30pm. They stream the games live. Do them at different times. Uh, and on Sunday, 1.30, uh, Gwalia Lightning hosts Glasgow at the Cardiff Arms Park. They are all streamed on Rugby Pass TV. But as you said earlier, get yourself down there. You know, there's two odd thousand in substandard conditions, sub-zero conditions, I should say. Not certainly not substandard at the Hive Stadium. Uh, sub-zero conditions. Uh, two thousand up there to watch it, and they would have had a great afternoon watching some really entertaining rugby. And I always find it really, really fun to watch these youngsters play, including yourself, uh, Sodia Kabir, uh, when you were picked out very early as one to watch. Uh, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, watching. Anyway, enough Celtic Cup. Let's get into some international news. It was announced over the festive period that Joe Yap is the new Wallaroo head coach on a full-time basis. First time that has been the case for the role. Um, yeah, didn't want to double up on on appearances, so um. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, I'm going to speak to Joe at the moment. Uh, well, a shame not to to hear about the the appointment of the Wallaroos' uh, job, uh, but they've got themselves an absolute good in there on and off the field. In terms of caring about rugby and, and what she does, I, I don't know many people who would top her on that list. No, I've literally only heard everyone sing our praises. Never had the pleasure to be coached by her, but. Um... 
yeah anyone who has been literally only you know sings her praises and seems like a great great coach and yeah really cares about rugby and also cares a lot about the players she's in coaching so yeah really good for australia yeah it certainly is and yeah you you're gonna need a backbone there um you're gonna need to stand your ground and joe does that in a really really personable and and likable way um but uh yeah um well done the wallaroos it's a it's a fabulous appointment speaking of australia wallaroos michaela leonard and chalene pomer have signed their first ever multi-year super w deals with the western forces and so it begins indeed it does contracts at clubs multi-year deals um men's rugby in australia maybe a bit of a hole but um these positive news stories keep coming out of the wallaroos and we still continue to try and speak to them uh we're not the only media organization has a massive issue with trying to get players uh to speak and, and tell their stories but we will continue to to beat on the drum uh doing a while so we won't stop now over to france round four um was a couple of weeks back uh, there's a break now to to, to late uh, January 28th when the, the fixtures kick on. But uh, back a couple of weeks ago, as I say, Pool 1, Stade Bordelais 17, Montpellier 8. Rog went up at 37 unanswered points on the Bogny. And Stade Francais got their first win of the season against Lille, 10 points to 6. What a thriller that was. Pool 2 saw Blagnac lose 7-10 to Stade Toulousien. Grenoble beat Lens 48-12. While another home win at Lyon who got past Stade René 27-12. That means Stade Baudelaire, the reigning champs, lead pool one on 18 points. Then come Montpellier and ASA Rogmanat, or Clermont, on 15 points. Stade Toulousien lead pool two on 19, Blagnac 14, and Grenoble on 13. The Rugby Sevens repechage for the Olympic Games in Paris next year will take place in Monaco June 21st to the 23rd. Let's get on to some domestic rugby here in the UK. The PWR, a couple of rounds to to get you across. I'll, I'll just rattle through these, Sadie, and then we can have a, a, yeah. a look back. What have been your highlights uh, and obviously Loughborough's involvement. Uh, but yeah, round five, uh, Bristol beat Ealing 41-17. Extra loss to Gloucester Hartbury 27-31. Uh, Mia Venner. With an absolute thriller, hell of a game down there. Saracens put 60 points to 17 on Leicester away. And Lapa Lightning beat Sale 12-24. Round six over that festive period. Ealing Trailfinders, two-point victory over Sale, 24-22. Bristol travelled to the Stonex. That was a big game for them. Um, just some little signposts in in, in mm. social media posts. It was a it's a big game for them. Thirty two ten, Loughborough Lightning nineteen Exeter twenty seven, and the big game. Harlequins lost ninety points to thirty one to Gloucester Hartbury. Let's get into you. Let's get into Loughborough Lightning. Yes, one win, one loss over that festive period. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the the sale win. Yeah, um, I feel like for us, that was probably our first time we put out um, a performance that kind of showed what we've been doing in training. 
um obviously we went to sale knowing they'd be really up for the, the challenge as well and playing that's playing sale away uh on that home pitch with their um, home supporters is never never something easy and we knew Sale was a team that really really feeds off energy um so we went there you know trying to match that um if not double it um which for Loughborough it's not what people are usually <laughs> expecting we're not the most um rowdy or you know loud team but um that day we you know we bought I think we bought um a lot of energy in our defence and our attack um and a lot of celebrations which I think just you know sp- um, spirited on the rest of the team um to come away with that with, with that win which we're really happy with yeah yeah it's not not an easy place to to go and grab a to to go and grab a, a W um seem a little bit up and down at the minute don't they uh, sale see the sort of click one week and. And not the next. Uh, Hibbert Jones with a with a, a try for you guys. Camilla Morale with a, a couple of tries. Tell us about her. Yeah, so Camilla's been with us, I think, two years now. Um, and she's really coming into her own um, this season. Um, really young player. Um, she's from Dubai. Um, she's come over here for uni. Um, and she usually plays seven, so she's really good in that centre. Um, in their centre has been able to throw like wide passes. She's also a really physical player. Um, those two tries she scored were both, both in close, um, close to the try line. Um, she's quite hard to get down as well. So she's someone who's got the package really for for a centre. Um, and she's fast, got the pace too. So yeah, she's really coming into her own. I think the more games the games she play, um, the more confidence she'll get. So yeah, it's really good to see her um, excelling. Obviously, she's been nominated for the under twenty three. Um, yeah, RPA player of the month. Yeah, that's it. Indeedy. So, um, yeah, check out the socials for those details. Um, the other standout, um, the Big Z Saracens. We, we probably probably expect to win at Leicester. Uh, Semi Bristol hosting Ealing. Um, Exeter twenty seven, Gloucester Heartbreak thirty one. Um, yeah, like coming out of the traps, don't they, Gloucester? We will sort of carry on this theme when we talk about the, the game at uh, at Twickenham. Exit clawed their way back. He was level at one point and then a bizarre bounce of the ball and Mia Venner scoots down down the outside. Um those teams two teams are going to be there thereabouts, aren't they, come the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. I mean for them to both start, you know, very well um now and obviously end of the season both in that in that final having the rerun just before christmas um yeah i think they will definitely be fighting for that you know obviously at least top four but yeah probably that one and two again with the way that they've um, been performing so far we'll look like a ski sock seamlessly we, we slip into round six then um talking about exeter why are they so difficult um despite making 478 tackles yourself, um, I believe, would be correct. So 30. <laughs> so did 30 tackles in a game. Yeah. That's off the chart. It's ridiculous. Uh, how, how, seriously, um, how are you feeling? They're a physical old side, though. You, you need to put yeah. your, your body on the line, don't you? Is that their, is that their, their biggest sort of ace, as it were? Yeah, 100%. Um, anytime you play Exeter, um, they're known, especially for their their forward packs and also their centres, they like to carry it hard um, and, you know, up the jumper. Um, so you've got to be ready to front up. And the thing with Exeter is they're really good at retaining ball. Um, so if you let them 
gain two meters, two meters, two meters. They will eventually get over that try line. So yeah, um, definitely felt very, very sore after that game. But yeah, that's definitely one of their huge strengths, I think. Uh, what did you do right in that game? Um, well, definitely <laughs> our defence um, in that first <laughs> 20. Yeah. No, no, no. But just our, our defensive sets, I think, um, over the past couple of games, actually, we've shown that we're quite strong there. And I think in the first 20 minutes, um, Exeter, I don't know, they must have racked up quite a high number of phases um, until we were able to turn them over. Um, and then I think we kicked really well um, field position to be able to get ourselves down in that 22. Um, I think usually we, we're we good at getting into there, but we're not good at staying in there. So being able to kick ourselves into there was um, <laughs> a lot easier for us. Um, and we've been working really hard on that driving, driving more as well. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it for us is obviously we defend to get the ball back. And then our ball retention was a lot better um, in that game, which uh, I think the score, I mean, Obviously, until the last five minutes, it was 22-19. So, um, lots of positives for us. But obviously, extra being able to hold on and um, come away with the win. Oh, okay. So, there was yeah, chance to... Uh, chance to nick at the end. Um, Russell, Catherine Trello, and a penalty try for you guys. Maisie Allen, Tessier. Neat little try from Alex Tessier. Dilika Menin and Sinclair with a couple of dot downs as well. We're talking about fast starts. Um, side who finish off incredibly strongly, uh, Saracens. So, top of the table, Max, 25 points, 32 10 against Bristol. We did mention it, we were rattling through the results there. Big game for them, why? Well, obviously, Bristol are a team who's, well, they're definitely a top four team or pushing for top four. Um, and Sarri's the same. So I think it could have gone either way if Bristol came out and had a, you know, one of their top games. And obviously in that first half, Bristol seemed to be in control um, of that game. Um, but I think Sarri's are, are quite well known for being able to find that second, third, fourth gear um, in the second half when teams are potentially dropping off, um, you know, in fitness levels and morale. Um, and that's exactly what they did, I think, against against Bristol. Yeah, lot Atkin Davis um, always on the score sheet. So um, nothing new there. Phoebe Murray with a try for Bristol. That was on the fourteenth minute. That's Bristol done for points. Um, Saracen scored five tries, twenty-seven points in the last twenty-five minutes. Uh, Jess Breach, Marty Packer, Sophie de Goodey. What an addition she is. I mean, you, we knew she was going to, didn't we? Uh, Campbell and Corinne Grant as well. Um, why do they have that ability to pop the foot on the accelerator? They can't, it's not just as simple as fitness, is it? No, I think it's a, it's a range of things. Obviously, fitness being one of them, but they also have, you know, you just named a few, loads and loads of key players who are influential and can change the games at any point in time. And I think Saris are a team that, um, although they have a lot of key players, everyone under that also feeds off that energy and it brings the best out of the rest of their players. So, you know, Marley gets on the scoreboard, when Taguni gets on the scoreboard, everyone, you know, gets behind them, gets behind them too. But I think, I think sometimes it's, 
in teams where they have a lot of key players sometimes isn't really merge well. I think Sarri's, um, you know, however they're training, however they do analysis, all those key players all come together um, in the game, which is, yeah, as Bristol have shown, it's quite hard to stop. For a long time, and probably why the most successful club side um, in this league over the years when, when momentum is with you and, and at this level, momentum is, is going to be with you and against you at certain times. Um, wrestling it back is, is, is key. But when it's on, I don't know anybody and somebody beginning, one club beginning to sort of contest that and we're going to have to that in a second. But um, wh- when they have their purple patches, boy, oh boy, do they take advantage of them. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely something. There's something in them. As soon as they feel like they're getting a bit of a foothold into the game, they just, you know, really rip into that whatever whatever hole there is. I mean, that's a defensive hole. Whether that's a the heads are dropping. As soon as I feel like that Sari's pack, that Sari's team senses that, um, yeah, they really really jump on it. And you know, for for whatever reasons, Holly Aitchison and Hannah Bottom going out to 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 Bristol. Um, to cook their beef Wellington <laughs> rather than uh, the Stone X. <laughs> but yeah, you just think that was kind of part of that p- performance. Um, you know, like you know, clubs would pride themselves on retaining players, right? Um, if, you, if you're not happy, you, you, you're more likely to, to, to look somewhere else. Um, and yeah, as I say, for whatever reason, I don't know those personal, personal reasons. Um, but um, yeah, that would have been a bit of, ooh, to to Alex Ortobri and, and his Harrisons and uh, yeah you felt that was part of that result but um, yeah against the top four side that's that's a bit of a statement isn't it um, shutting them out after the fourteenth minute yeah no definitely obviously yeah to score five tries in the last twenty five minutes against the top four team yes it's yeah a huge huge achievement and for a team like Sarri's um, I think they're only going to, you know, build on that. And that's something that they've always going to have and have had up their jumpers to be able to finish um, so well against even the best sides. So, yeah. Speaking of big players and, and, and stepping up and playing well, Kate Zachary and Abby Dow. That's a worldie. Uh, one of the score sheet for Ealing Trailfinders who pipped sale 24-22. Julia Schnell on the score sheet for... Eating as well for sale, Georgie Paris Redding, who's player of the week with her sensational stats. Uh, Swells as well, and uh, Tisha Harper, we think, um, from the official records we worked down that uh, she's crossed the line. Um, we did fear, didn't we, that uh, Ealing Trailfinders, yeah, some, some great players, a couple of those on, on the score sheet, uh, the weekend down, and, and Kate Zachary. Um, they're more than that, aren't they? Not only the, ta- the talent they have throughout the team, but also on the bench, um, up and coming players as well. Um, and to be headed by a coach like Giselle Mather, um, who, you know, has so much rugby experience, um, has experience leading lots of teams to, you know, um, great heights. Uh, I think, yeah, they've got a lot, a lot more to give there. And I think they're, um, I think they could be similar to, and that's uh, in the fact that they had their first season, you know, kind of breaking their way into into the league. Um, and once they find their feet, I think there'll be a team to definitely um, watch out for. The fifth. I know. Fifth, fifth on the table. <laughs> yeah. Fighting for a top four at this stage. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, fair, fair play. Um, again, we tried to get some reaction from Ealing. That's not uh, worked out, but uh, yeah, we'll try and get that sorted in the next couple of weeks. Talking of those purple patches, um, the first 20, 25 minutes at Twickenham. Uh, I was very lucky to to be there, and many, many thanks to Harlequins for sorting it out. Much appreciated. Um, 1931, went up 26-0 Gloucester Hartbury in an opening 25 minutes. Um, and I've been lucky enough to, to commentate, you know, including that um, extra Gloucester Hartbury game. We've just been speaking about, uh, commentate on those games. That's the best rugby I've seen this season uh, thus far. Uh, absolutely everything went right. Uh, totally utterly clicked. Looked ridiculously cohesive. Um, Jones scores Monaghan, Venner, Tupolotu, Lund as well. Um, incredibly impressive from Gloucester. Yeah, no, it was a great, great game to watch. Obviously, it was on TNT, so I was, you know, comfortably tucked under my sofa and my blanket <laughs> watching watching the game. But yeah, that first half, I think, not a surprise for uh, many people um, to see Gloucester, you know, really gel and, you know, get on the score sheet very, very early. Um, but like you said, yeah, they're just always you know, they're on the on the same page and they have threats everywhere. Um, to Pilotu, you know, great ball carrier, you know, making meters wherever she can. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the team just capitalising off, you know, any of the go forward that they managed to get. But yeah, like you said, it was a great yeah first half um, of rugby. Yeah, and they fizz around, don't they? Do everything at pace, but there's there's slight tweaks in in the way that they do things against certain opposition. Um, so you know the coaching coaching is is on point, and um, yeah, with you know, the, the the whole circus thing and all the rest, it gives some unity to to it all. And uh, you know, clearly a club now, as we said in the past, now sort of everyone's behind it, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's showing dividends. Fair play because at that stage, you know, my boys I was with, I, I didn't want to say to them, but Mentally, I'm thinking after 25 minutes, that is the, the game gone. Um, I, I kind of effectively, with this uh, Gloucester heartbeat and a quality side that they are, that was the game gone, 26 nil up. Um, fair play to, to Harlequins for clawing back. Great heart. Yeah, showing a lot of heart, showing a lot of, um, I think that was a lot of team cohesiveness to bring up those, you know, the 19 points in, in the second half. Um, and I feel like once they got that first try on the board, I think their head started to pick up and they were able to gain a bit of momentum um, to come back and um, to finish yeah, within what, 12 points of um, of Gloucester. But like you said, I think a lot of it is coming from uh, individual efforts. Obviously, uh, Hannah Sims getting on really close, close, um, what are they called? Close, close range. There we go. Close range try. Um and a few more as well, but yeah, obviously to go up, to go down, sorry, uh, 25-0 in the first half, you're going to have to come back with something. Um, and I think, yeah, Quinns did, did well to claw back a bit there. Yeah, question then, if it's not big game and it's not at Twickenham, with, with all the pressure and expectation, whether you know, that's a, a visible thing or... A verbal thing for the club, but it's a big, big day for Harlequins. And I take my hat off to them. It's if you haven't been to a big game, get yourself to them. 
music, the light show, the the party atmosphere, everybody's on good form. Uh, it is a cracking, cracking day out. Fair play to your Harlequins. Um, do they do they come back if it's not in those circumstances? Well, I cannot I cannot answer that question. <laughs> but um, you have a crystal ball. But do, do you understand? I don't have, I don't have a crystal ball. Yes, no, I do. I do understand. I do understand. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, with the Quins' start to the season, it's not been very great. And for what Quins' standard has been for seasons before, um, they're nowhere near where they have been. Um, and like we said previously, lots of changes in the squad um, in terms of coaching team, um, a few injuries here and there to key players. Um, yeah, and it just seems like obviously with the big game that they performed well under that under that pressure. But yeah, for the rest of the league um, in in smaller games, in games there isn't such big crowds or so much pressure, will they perform just as well? Um, I can't say that my my head screams of lots and lots of confidence in that, but we'll see. Maybe they'll um, we'll gain a bit of confidence from their performance against Gloucester um, in the next couple of games. Yeah, I mean, there's a very different way to Gloucester scoring their tries um, to the way that uh, Harlequin scored theirs. Yeah, Emily Scott back in that 10 shirt rather than stuck out on the left wing. Um, mainly due to the fact, and you know, we should mention this, Arabella McKenzie has returned to Australia, the Wallaroos sort of first 5'8", or second 5'8", um, if you would call it that, from, from down her way, citing personal reasons, social media post. For me, anyway, my, my analysis gave her an air of finality uh, about it. Um, you've got you know, Katie Muse on the sidelines, Conkle, all the rest of it. Lucy Packer was back on the weekend. It was good to, good to catch up with her after the game. And, uh, yeah, good to see her back out playing Lucy Packer kind of kind of rugby. But they score their tries very differently. Uh, but Latcha scored one as well, as you say, Hannah Sims. Um, but some real fight and determination. And as you say, uh, as rugby fans, we hope that... Um, you say that uh, pushes Harlequins on to to become slightly more cohesive, but all that means to the table um, and a few chains of games to catch up on. Sarries are top with a max twenty five from their five outings. Exeter twenty two again they played five. Champions across to Harvey only played four. They sit in third on nineteen points. Then come Bristol. Uh, three wins from their six games with 15 points. And with that second win, Ealing, they got to fifth on 11. Lightning on 10. Sale on seven. But only the four games played. Harlequins down in eighth. Eighth for Harlequins. Uh, with just six points from their five encounters. And Leicester Bottom picking up just this solitary point. Funny old table. Do you come on? I know you reluctant to use this crystal ball, but I know you have one there. Um, that 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 top four and the way that the table is shaping. Um, that top four going to change, and who are the serious contenders to to try and get into that top four? Yeah, um, I think one, two, and three in that top four. I think are pretty. Solid. Um, I reckon Exeter are going to be there, Gloucester are going to be there, and Saris are going to be there. Um, but I think that um, final place, you know, at, at the moment, with the way the league is going, is 
anyone's taken obviously Bristol there um obviously Ealing are in fifth right now so could potentially push them for that top four um depending on how the rest of their season goes and I'm gonna put Loughborough in there too obviously back in the African violet <laughs> obviously um, but yeah, I definitely think <laughs> your laugh is so infectious. It's brilliant. That fourth place at the moment, it's not, um, it's not um, a like science was delivered kind of thing. I think we don't know who could be there by the time the end of the league comes, which is which is you know it makes great viewing and it's also um, makes the league so much more competitive. So yeah. So round seven, isn't it? Um, although all these clubs playing a different amount of games are going to have to make those up in these uh, they have put sort of fire breaks in the season to to get that done but it does I mean the games will be back to back and uh, less rests you know we had uh, a few cancelled games haven't we with ambulances in and frozen pitches and what have you anyway hopefully that is not the case this weekend more likely to be waterlogged but anyway Gloucester Heartbreak 2 o'clock on Saturday host you love Latin Sarries go to sale, two o'clock kickoff again. Leicester Tigers women, a uh, six o'clock kickoff against Harlequins, part of a double header. And then on Sunday, the live game on TNT Sports, Harpers 12, Exeter Chiefs women at Sandy Park hosting the uh, Ealing Trailfinders women. So the champs, one of the informed teams, you're at their place this weekend. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that. 45 tackles this week. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, obviously it's always nice to play. Nice. It's always a challenge playing across the heartbreak. Um, but I think it's something we're kind of reveling in at the moment. Um, you know, just trying to go there, take away more positives from them. But we know, you know, they're going to be on top form, which is what we can do to um, put out that that fire and part of the best performance we can do and also get to see my, my good mate Mordmuir. So always always a positive. Um but yeah. It, 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 excited maybe maybe is the wrong word. Um No we'll go with excited. Excited to go down and play them, yeah. You're full of anticipation. Yes. Full of anticipation is what we'll go with. Yeah we are. Um and what what, what? What's the mindset? Um, is it looking at entirely your own performance? Again, being a bit of a shake-up uh, lining, hasn't it? New coach and what have you, Nathan Smith in there now. Uh, a few new players, some have left. You realistically going, right, you know, we can go and beat the champions at their place, let's go and do it, or are we concentrating on our performance and we're looking to get better week and week and week and week and week? Yeah, they're definitely concentrating on us. Um uh, obviously, we're not ruling ourselves out, but you never know what can happen in, in the games. We're definitely going in, concentrating on us, um, trying to get be- get better week in, week out. And a lot of it for us is um, gaining respect for ourselves and also um, trying to gain respect um, in the league as well. And that's not always through wins. Um, that's all through the performance we put out. So, yeah. Uh, and it's tight as well. You, you pick up some points here and there on the road, especially... Um, yeah, the, the, this this league is tight. I'm guessing you're going with a Love and Lightning win. Um, purely I have to, I have to say it. I have to say a Love and Lightning win. 
You do. Um, I'm, I'm going to go against you. That's uh, shocking. Sale. Yeah, sorry. Um, the season of Goodwill to All Men is over. Uh, <laughs> sale, sale, Saris. Uh, I got to go with Saris win. Oof. Yeah, there's some bounce back ability there. They, they, that would have hurt that loss. Uh, Rachel Taylor, we have them firing at their place. Uh, you said they'd go against Saris, wouldn't it? Saris there. Leicester Harlequins, which is, yeah, it's a, it's a basement battle, isn't it? It is. Um, and I think I'm actually going to go with Quinn's. Yeah, Quinn's to get that win. Be amazing if uh, Tigers were to record their, their first win. Uh, yeah. Sunday, uh, can you see in child finals women... Um, Pushing extra for long enough? No, I am gonna. My crystal ball was telling me extra will come away with that win. Um, I do think Elin will put up, put out a good performance and a good fight. Um, but I don't think it'll be enough to, um, yeah, to get the win over Exeter. Home win for Exeter. We will see. I'm Rachel Malcolm, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So coming to the end of our first part of 2024, Sorry, A uh, couple of shout-outs, actually, this week. Starting off with a huge congratulations to the former Irish captain, Fee Coughlin, for winning the Outstanding Contribution to Sport Award at the Sport Irish Times Women's Sports Awards. The 85 Kappa captained Ireland to the Grand Slam and the country's first Women's Six Nations Championships in 2013, including their first win over England. That team went on to beat New Zealand Black Ferns for the first time at the World Cup in France the following year. Ireland qualified for the semi-finals of that tournament. Their best result was the Coughlin retiring shortly afterwards. She can't get enough awards. It's as simple as that. Um, great human being. She was an outstanding captain. Um, lucky enough to, to be in and around that uh, time. When they got to that semi-final, it led from the front. Um, and a great, great personality. She still continues to, to give to the game. Very good broadcaster as well, if you're lucky enough to to catch her on a, on a game. Um, speaking of outstanding scrum queens, they don't have Christmas off, do they? Ali and John, they're beavering away. Um, they revealed that 2023 is a record year for the women's game. Uh, John Birch um, has been number crunching. In 2013, there were 54 test match played by 25 teams. Ten years later, there were 98 tests. Last year, played out by 36 nations, plus 29 age-grade tests and 23 15s, I non-capped games, in there as well. That That's huge! Uh, as concrete note to me, uh, note the rise of initiatives like the Portuguese touring Brazil, uh, fast time they've been outside of Europe, Wales, under 20s to Canada, uh, under 18 six nations up to, up to Edinburgh, wasn't it? Uh, and now 12 teams uh, have active under 20s program. Well done, well done us, well done, well done us all, because those are brilliant right. figures, aren't they? Oh yeah, huge, huge figures. I mean. 
being in it obviously 2023 has been a huge year but to see to see those numbers written down um yeah it's amazing and you know over the next over the next couple years hopefully that doubles maybe triples so yeah um yeah really 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 positive stats um so thank you to scrum queens <laughs> for for doing that doing that research uh moving on sydney gregson 50th cap for saracens many congratulations and also vicky Irwin. Vicky A. Irwin at sale, also getting a 50th cap. Yes, can't confuse the Irwins at <laughs> sale. Um, sadly, uh, our last shall just point in a direction, just trying to get a sort of virtual hug out there to Ella Cromack, uh, a rising star for not only England age grade, but for Harlequins as well. I've been going a drive late. Um, her father, Simon, um, a good man in the food and beverage industry, um, has been diagnosed with a terminal brain tumour. Whilst the family recognises the NHS will, of course, do whatever within its power, there are other treatments available to help give Simon a fighting chance of getting some more time, uh, clearly to spend with his young family. As of yesterday, I think I checked this, £119,000 has been raised through 860 donations. If you can give something, anything, then please do visit gofundme.com forward slash F forward slash give Simon time. But if you search on the GoFundMe page, give Simon time. Um, our thoughts uh, and all our love uh, uh, with her, I've reached out to, to Ella if there's anything we could do here on the pod. Um, then she only need ask but to, yeah if you can give anything or just just share their post that that would be brilliant but uh, yeah sending sending all our love a huge thank you to our the guys in the background tom and vicky huge uh happy new year to those guys sorry absolute pleasure as ever new year's resolutions come on what have they been um I can't say I've done them yet, actually. I might have missed the boat for that. I'm going to have to wait to 2024, 2025 now to do that. <laughs> um, New Year's resolution. I'm going to say... Well, my New Year's resolution actually is to get my driving licence. That is... Still not, still not have that. That's a brilliant resolution. Yep, it's been a long time coming. I have been driving for probably over a year now. But I just haven't had my test. Um, so have yeah, the practical bit and what have you? Because quite done all of that. I actually have my test booked, and I need to stop giving Uber. I need to stop letting Uber steal my, my money. So I need to get on the roads myself. <laughs> Other taxi services are available. Um, that's achievable. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, read more just got to stop looking at screens i mean i do a lot of reading um but i do like the feel of a, a paper book in my hand I must get more down to some more of that um it's time to learn the piano as well yeah. let's start that definitely gonna start that one um anyway real pleasure cross the heart with the weekend go very very well with that thanks for listening as ever everybody great subscribe and share um happy happy new year all the very best uh, 
to our listeners to support us out there for 2024. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>